When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In West Philadelphia, born and raised, was a podcast called Game Dev Unchained. Larry Charles, one half of the Game Dev Unchained podcast team. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls all over the globe, world, or wherever you happen to be while you're listening to me. I also said one half of the Game Dev Unchained podcast team. So if you can do the math, you know I'm not here by myself. Introducing the two-time Bank of America never had an overdraft champion, (laughs) Mr. Brandon Pham. It always helps to have zero dollars in the bank. This is Brandon Fam, always showing up on time and not in debt. <laughs> Bringing on with a, a special guest for this week, Josh Bracken. Backen. Ah, I see I messed it up. <laughs> no problem. What's your last name? Sorry. Bakken. Bakken. All right. Josh Welcome Bakken. Josh. Welcome, Josh. Hey, hey guys. <laughs> <laughs> so this is part of the podcast, Josh, that we ask our guests, such as yourself, a little bit about your background, where you're at, where you're heading, so our listeners have some context of who they're listening to. Sure, no problem. You know, I'll start with where I am right now. So um, I'm with a company called Tapas Media, and I am the head of innovation and executive producer over there. Um, for those who don't know tapas is an open publishing platform primarily for web comics and um, web novelists. And so, yeah, that's what I'm doing over there. Um, the platform's growing. We're really excited about it. And I'm sure we're going to talk a little bit during this podcast about why I'm on a game dev related podcast, but I'll get to that later. Um, let's see. So previously I was uh, I got my start at EA, so EA.com actually, and I worked for companies like um, Hasbro Interactive, uh, Leapfrog, and a few um, uh, area games and entertainment back in the day, and a few other um, gaming related um, companies. So yeah, that's kind of my background. Nice. So what was the uh... I mean, what was your college education that actually led yeah. you into the first step into having like a like a media conglomerate type of deal right now? You know, it's so funny you should mention that because when I was thinking about how I was going to answer this question, I was thinking before before the podcast even started, I was like, you know what, should I even start like back in college? But then I thought, you know what, maybe that's not like super interesting or like super important. But now that you asked... Um, uh, so I went to, um, I, I don't want to make this too long of a story, but basically I, I went to Cal Berkeley and, uh, I was in a economics, uh, lecture. I remember this really, really clearly. And, um, I was bored out of my mind and I was thinking, um, I was, and I was, um, thinking why the toy industry, this is kind of like how I was thinking about things, why the toy industry, boys, toys in particular, 
were tanking in sales back then. And uh, a collectible card game, um, which people may know called Magic the Gathering around that time, was um, was shooting up in sales. So it was basically one was tanking and one was shooting up. And I was like, and during this class, that's what I was thinking of. Like, why was that happening? And the course of that is where I decided that I wanted to um, be a part of toys, games, content, things of that nature. So that's kind of my answer as far as like um, what I was doing in college and why that led me to this direction that I'm on right now. And did you have a uh, hypothesis for why that was? Yeah, I mean, basically toys. um, And again, stop me if you guys or don't want to talk about toys, but it's something okay, it's okay. But basically the toy industry in general um, has not had a lot of, um, uh, they're pretty much just set it and forget it. So there's not a lot of thought that goes into how can we make these toys more entertaining and more fun. I, I At least back then, um, that really wasn't the case. So for instance, people will just like, you know, knock out a new Batman toy, let's just say, for instance, and they'll just have that be a Batman action figure. And they're fine with that. It's like the toy industry got the license, got the, you know, got the action figure, put it on the shelf. Maybe someone will buy it. Maybe someone won't. We really don't care. There wasn't really a lot of thought into how can we really maximize the play and the fun of this thing or this license. And so that's pretty much... um what my hypothesis was and um and i think that's kind of over time kind of um was proven true and i think the toy industry has had some difficult times and as things move more and more to interactive entertainment um that's just kind of been more proven over time yeah i hear you it's interesting that you you know kind of come up with this moment where you have this epiphany like oh you know i want to investigate this i want to explore this and you know kind of put basically a whole career into, you know, going in that field, but that's awesome that that's how you kind of get that spark. Yeah, no, it really was because, um, from that, from that thought, um, I, I'm kind of, um, aside from what I do at, uh, Tapas Media, um, and helping that platform grow and kind of get the word out about it. Um, I also do game design work. And so I'm more, I'm more of a systems game system designer. Mm -hmm. And so, um, out of those early thoughts, I kind of designed a um, a system, a gaming system that I was trying to pitch actually to the game industry or to the toy industry. Um, it was called the Hero Work System, and it was a way to kind of it was an answer to those questions where I was having was, um, you know, why are your sales? So basically, I would go to these toy executives, like, and I and I went went to see all of them from the top companies, and I would say, these are what your boys' action toys are doing. They are going down. <laughs> double digits year over year and this is what i think you can do to kind of make that reverse that trend you know mm-hmm. but um it's just really funny at the time um a lot of game exec or toy executives if you went to a toy company and you talked to them about games they would say well we're not a game company we're a toy company and if you went to a game company and talked to them about toys it was like, well, we're a game company, not a toy company. So there was really, it was oh kind of a weird thing where you're like talking to these people and it's like, yeah, but you know, um, chocolate and peanut butter, you know, when you mix it, you can, you know, but nobody wanted to do the mixing. So that was a little, that was, it was both frustrating, but it also taught me a lot 
in terms of how industry, larger industries operate. And um, so, yeah, it was, it was quite an experience. And I'm, I wish I was there because if I would have went to both parties and had the discussion <laughs> and then they both ignored me, I'd have been like, opportunity is born. Yeah. <laughs> Larry Charles Megatoys. <laughs> yeah, well, we should have had you back in the day. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, 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 when I think about toys and media, it, it's so integrated to each other nowadays. Like I, I think about how my kids shop for toys. It's like usually licensed towards a movie or, or, or a show that he likes. And therefore now he wants to live up that, uh, live out that story. And George Lucas is probably the most, oh, the man. first, yeah, the first pioneer where he like, I'm not going to make the st- second star Wars game um, or direct it actually, you know, I'll produce it, but I, I'm really going to grow my merchandising. Yeah. Uh, no, that was phenomenal. That and, was- and became like an empire. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, well, I mean, games related, like the recent years, you know, Larry and I worked at Activision. We saw and we had friends on the Skylanders franchise yeah. yep. and the games to toy, uh, I, I guess, industry was created from that. And then yep. Disney kind of jump on that bandwagon and, and fantastically, you know, they just I still think there's a market for it, but yeah. they just like ditched that whole industry altogether because, you know, they they rose and burned so fast but yeah. it's one of the examples of like you know games and toys of being so intertwined and it can be very successful yeah absolutely so i was kind of trying to i i would guess i was ahead of my time or you know the technology wasn't yeah, there was for that. Say, that, was, yeah. that was kind of the thing that i was envisioning you know not necessarily skylanders because at the time you know at there wasn't like the technology behind, um, you know, being able to trigger figures on a stand that it would yeah. allow interaction on a TV. This was much more um, analog, if you would. Um, like Hero kind of idea, right? Yeah, yeah, kind of like that. Exactly, like, right? Yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's definitely. I, I I agree with you. I think there's still a market there. I think that mm-hmm. maybe I don't know too much about like um, the production costs and uh, you know what they need to do in terms of like put a team together who can specialize in that kind of stuff. I I really don't know, but I do agree that there's probably, I would say, you know, give it another two, three, four years. I'm sure we'll see something like that pop up again. I think what's interesting is uh, people don't really consider this whenever I have this discussion, but Nintendo's Amiibos are still selling, right? Mm-hmm. Where oh, yeah. that to me is like a prime example of like the easy way to do it. Like, hey, you have these collectible figurines. And if you tap, you know, your Switch, you can get like special benefits in certain games or, you know, or whatever games support this. It it works or it doesn't, but the figure is still cool. Yeah. So I've always liked that. I think that's something that kind of flies under the radar because most people immediately think Skylanders and they say, oh, Skylanders has seen its day kind of thing. But I was like, well, you know, Nintendo's still doing it. You know, they still got Amiibos left and right. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the thing that just was always frustrate me was um, people are making figures anyway. It's yeah. not like exactly. asking to do something extra. That's the yeah. thing that was killing that was killing me the whole time. It was just like, you're going to make these figures anyway. So how about just putting some interactivity between the yeah. two, like a tool set or something? And uh, you would, it, it was just shocking how... Um, how difficult those conversations were sometimes. Was it mostly trying to convince the old man about new tech? What, what, where are those conversations mostly like? Uh, I think the conversations are mostly like, um, 
hi, I'm Mr. You know, toy executive, and we already have our marketing and sales and this and that already pre-planned. Mm-hmm. So, and and things are looking good, and we already have this plan. So, you want to add an extra level of complication, at least in their mind, right? Mm-hmm. And there's no real proven benefit. Can you prove to me that if we add interaction to action figures, that it's going to, you know, 10x, 100x our sales? Mm-hmm. Well, no, um, I, you know, it wouldn't hurt to maybe try, you know, like a little mm-hmm. pilot thing, you know, but um, you would just, you'd just be really surprised how, um, how, unwilling i guess people are in those types of positions to try something new and novel even on a smaller scale that breaks my heart because like if you're pointing to a graph that's literally like here's 10x minus here's 20x minus yeah do you want this to keep happening i would literally bring the graphs on a big board and i would pick them up and i would say these are the sales for the past four years and like it was double digit losses Every year for like the past three or four years. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it is what it is. But yeah, it, it, it was a little frustrating. Well, hey, more power to you, man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, how how did you even arrange to get to that meeting to tell them off of it? <laughs> it's like, is it a cold email? Like, how, what was that process of getting well, meetings no, to I mean, with I these think, toy executives? Yeah. Well, I think if you if you are motivated and you have passion for something, it'll, it'll shine through. So it's not like, um, you know, I went to, I personally, I went to the international American international toy fair in New York and, um, you know, would call up people before and tell them who I was and tell them, I just wanted to have a meeting with them, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, the doors weren't necessarily closed. Um, they basically closed after you had the meeting and they, probably saw i can't speak for them for sure but again it's like the added complication like you know uh, we already are projecting these sales so adding this level of complication i don't know what that'll do and if that backfires that's going to put egg on my face as an executive so thanks but no thanks so you know what i mean so yeah so in recent years like i've been seeing like like a like a a big sector of comic books obviously being translated to movies but um the 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 reading of analog comic books like is is difficult but like on the ipad and stuff it's been like i've been seeing like companies kind of forming to kind of make that translatable is is that sort of a trend that's that's really blossoming right now uh uh, like a digital comic book way of, of reading these uh, 2d medium yeah i think i think there's a number of things going on with that like i am also a big long time comic book reader you know the physical mm-hmm. part and i think that there is just um a natural decline in people's willingness to go to a comic book store and and pick up their their weekly or whatever comics mm-hmm. and at the same time technology is just in people's faces like you know here's a phone, you know, it's got a pretty big screen, use us. And so it doesn't take too much to make that connection between like reading in general and having a really nice, you know, high resolution device. So um, I wouldn't say it's anything where, I mean, my personal, um, 
how I'm seeing the industry, if you would call it an industry, a budding industry, is there aren't a lot of new players per se, but there are players who were new like, I don't know, four or five years ago, and they're pretty much entrenched players and um, and kind of just slugging it out um, for that market that we're talking about. So it's not like, um, you know, five new companies popped up you know, in 2018 and, you know, five before in 2017, I would say that most of the major players right now um, have been around for a couple of years and, um, and are just, you know, growing with, um, growing with the number of people who are gravitating toward finding out about, you know, comics on your phone or comics on a tablet. So, those are good times. I was one of the comic book shop kids who would, you know, save my little 20 bucks, go buy the books and then draw every picture I saw in there. Um, yeah, I will say that, like, as much as I love comic books, I actually haven't crossed over into the technological, like, get it on my iPhone or get it on my iPad. And I, I don't know why yet. I, maybe I haven't had a good experience with it or maybe I'm just too far removed from good story. But I think I'm one of those on the fence, on the cusp individuals where if something nostalgic kind of came back and it was only the only way I could get it was like, if Joe was like, Joe mad was like, Hey, I'm going to continue battle chasers, but you have to go and get it from this platform. I'm going to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I mean, battle chasers. Yeah. I, I'm right there with you. So I would go anywhere for that for, yeah. as well. Yeah. So, you know, I think the thing for me is that, um, I kind of have stopped like I mentioned, uh, going to comic book stores, but I still like it. But I feel that there is a weird kind of disconnect between the comics that someone would find in a store versus comics that are making their debut or whatever on on digital platforms. They're just for me, there there just seems to be a difference between like the Alan Moores and the Mike McNolas and what you would find um, digitally. And I'm not saying that it's necessarily a quality difference. It just is, it seems to me like a, like a, it just feels different. And, but I do believe, I mean, there's a ton of great content on Tapas on the platform and we can talk more about the platform later, but um, I don't know. It's different, but I, some of the stories I really love and Mm. um, yeah. So I would recommend, uh, going ahead and making that leap. If it's not Tapas, some other platform, but, um, but Tapas has got a lot of good things going for it too. Yeah, so. I'm not even going to ask about another platform. We're here to talk to you, brother. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm on the same boat. Like I, I love comic stories. Uh, I'm not the one that, that would go in the stores and buy them. I was at Barnes and Noble's reading them <laughs> <laughs> and I love manga. Like there's, this is the weird disconnect. So I still read manga. Mm-hmm. As, especially the Naruto series, I go on the internet to read through them from page one to page 20. Right. And only because I know that's the only way I can read through the story, but because I want to stay ahead of the show. Mm-hmm. So that's my like thinking process. I want to get to the story. And so for American comics, I definitely want to know the story, but I guess there's no leading platform where I'm like, this is the uh, the e e comic store that I I should go to for everything. There's right. no like number one right now where I feel like they have everything that I need. It's like segmented, right? Yeah, it's you're segmented. Right. Yeah, you're or absolutely. Right. Yeah, and 
Pappas is definitely one of the major players who are trying to get our name to be that one place that you would go and, you know, um, and check out those comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's kind of in a way similar to the whole DC Marvel thing. Like as, as much as whatever Tapas does will never be the only place for, you know, digital comics, but um, we plan, we're planning and we're building to build a great platform for content creators, for independent content creators. So we do want to be able to say, if someone says, Hey, I'm an independent creator, creator or web novels, you know, where should I put my work or, um, I'm interested in that. Where should I go first to read that? Uh, and definitely we want to make Tapas top of mind for those readers. So I do want to jump in and talk about that then, because I will say one thing that I love about the internet is everyone has the ability to connect or to be any and everything online. You buy a camera at Walmart, two days later, you have a website, you're a photographer, right? You've got a stunning portfolio, Facebook images and all kinds of stuff. I love that for every medium, especially comics as well. A lot of people that we went to school with were drawing their own like web comics and things like that, but they had to like self-publish not necessarily through some sort of marketplace, but through their own, like, here is my .com page with my web comment that gets like eight views a day, right? So right. do small creators like that, talented artists, but small creators, do they have an opportunity to kind of work on the tablet platform as well and maybe get some more views because of, you know, your user base or? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that's that's exactly what the Tapas platform is about. So, you know, just a really quick, let me just tell your um, listeners, you know, about Tapas. So um, I mentioned before that we're an open publishing platform for web comics and web novels, but depending on the month, we get somewhere in the range of 1.5 million to two, over 2 million monthly active users on our platform. So it's not necessarily a small platform. Um, so for exactly what you were saying um, back in the day, if someone wanted to try and get their um, work, you know, digital up online, they would have to do all the work themselves and then they would do all that and they would get eight views where, uh, you know, if you come to tap us, we have people who have, uh, I think our top web comic uh, who's an independent creator um, is up to over 80 million views on, on their work. And, and, and that's just one of them. We have, um, a few who are like over 50 million views and we're global as well. So for instance, um, there's this, um, there's this creator called dark box and he has a series called silent Horror. he's out of Malaysia. He's one of our, he was one of the ones I was talking about. Um, he has somewhere over like 50 million views in his uh, series and that's kind of how he grew. He grew on Tapas and through other social networks. But Tapas, my understanding is that's the primary um, publishing venue that he uses. And so uh, it, it's absolutely um, available for creators to come put their work on Tapas and, have, and, get, um, and grow an audience and a fan base. And from there, pretty much the sky's the limit. Dude, I'm I'm actually browsing the site right now. <laughs> I'm intrigued by some of these artists. I actually recognize Sarah Anderson. I, yeah. I see her comics all the time on Facebook. So, yep. Yeah. Forgive me if I'm not as, as vocal. I'm, I'm scrolling through your stuff right now. Oh, good. Well, cool. glad you're on the site. Yeah. Yeah. And we have a really cool um, mobile app as well. And uh, there's a ton of different stuff in terms of we um, 
not only hosts, but we also help people monetize their work as well. So as an artist, um, that's kind of one of the areas that I'm specifically focused on is helping, um, helping monetize, uh, helping creators monetize their work. So Mm -hmm. for instance, um, we have a virtual economy on tapas that that we use, uh, ink is the ink is the currency that we use. And so if you're an independent creator and you just show up to tapas, we have a tipping program so people can buy ink in our, in our ink shop. And if they like your work, they can tip you ink and you can actually cash that out. So once you hit a $25 um, threshold, just let us know, say, Hey, yeah, I'd like that money. And we will send that to you. So that's, um, so there's a lot of stuff like that going on at Tapas that um, I'm really excited about. And, but we are, our mission is to build the best publishing platform um, for both exposure and monetization for independent creators. Wow. Yeah. What does it look like as far as, um, it seems like this is all about stuff that's going to be serialized, right? Like I'm assuming these creators continue to push their stories or continue to develop chapters. Is there any opportunity to like, Hey, I just want to make like three books and put it on there. Or, you know, even like, Hey, I'm making this video game and I want to release like a comic to kind of build some backstory with my video game. You know, I don't see this being a long running series, but more so just some supplemental content that's going to go and like kind of market with the game. I guess, is there an opportunity to put that on your platform as well? Yeah. Another beautiful thing about Tapas is you can use it however you want to use it. So okay. those examples that you just gave perfectly hundred percent fine. And that's something we've actually worked with video game companies to do. Um, I'm sure some of your listeners are probably like, wait, this is a de- game dev, you know, podcast. <laughs> we're not talking about any games really. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we've worked with um, game developers who are about to launch a game, but mm-hmm. do that supplementary comic. And then they, we put that on there and we drive people to it to help them gain awareness. And um, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff that we do. I mean, we're even making, we're even helping independent creators um, get mobile games made of their IP. So that's another thing that I'm really involved in as well. Can you elaborate on that? Sure. So we did our first one last year. Um, The kind of the story behind that is I went to Casual Connect um, last January and um, met with a bunch of different people. And we met with one studio in particular named uh, Red Kraken Apps. And we just started having a conversation and I was like, Hey, you know, go to Tapas, look around. And if you have, if you see anything that really gravitates towards your, you know, something you think you get excited about, let's talk about it. Maybe I can make connection to the, to the creator of the series. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, we, I got them connected with, um, uh, the, I, the comic is called Dungeon Construction Co. And so that's a mobile game that we launched. Our very first one that launched in August of last year. And, um, and it's building audience. And we're, we're pretty excited about that. We have another one coming up for another comic. And this is from an independent creator who started on Tapas like three years ago. Her name's Joanne Kwan. And um, she has a comic called Demon House. And we're working with another... Um, studio to release a demon it's going to be called demon house dating and that's going to be coming out in march and so these are two uh stories where again independent people just kind of like oh i want to put my story up and my ip on tapas 
and they were recognized and we tried to make connections. And from that, um, we're starting to pop out mobile games. So uh, yeah, we're pretty excited about that. Oh yeah, dude. It's definitely, uh, I think one of the most underutilized way of, um, kind of branding an IP. So I think game developers out there, if they go the traditional route, it's a crowded market. It's just like, I'll make this game and people like it, blah, blah, blah. Da, 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 da. But I think like utilizing all types of mediums like tapas or, uh, or anything outside of just making a game helps kind of build up that brand. And it sounds great that uh, you're providing that service to a lot of people because like I said, Larry and I both and any geeks out there really came from reading comics yeah. before watching movies or shows. It's like it's part of our ecosystem of, of geekdom. It's just that like the, the medium hasn't well, it's starting to evolve. And particularly the last few years, I've been hearing more and more about digital comics being more and more popular. Um, I'm, I'm glad to hear that it's coming back because I even know like friends who worked in the game industry with me loves making comics on the side, but the business, like you said, was, uh, of just reading the, 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 uh, actual paper and ink wasn't there anymore. Like wasn't even sure where to buy them, but like the passion of of the artists. And I know there are a bunch of readers that still love it. Obviously we're, we're in the golden age of superheroes and, and, and everything that came from comics, like, everything's being made into a movie now. So it's kind of weird. Like the, 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 the starting off point is kind of unclear. And so it's kind of awesome to can see, see all that coming back and everything. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Tell all your friends um, that Tafas is definitely a home for all of that, uh, for all of that passion and that creative enthusiasm. Um, that's really what we want to be. That's our mission. And, and another thing, um, when I go to, I've been going to game conventions last year, I mentioned I went to casual connect. I went to pocket gamer as well. And, um, another pitch is basically for game devs out there who are focused on the mechanics of their games mm-hmm. and are like, uh, and don't necessarily have access to IP or an IP with a fan base. Um, mm-hmm. they, you know, contact me through Tapas. Uh, what we can do is we can say, Hey, um, you know, we can make these introductions. We, I can say, Hey, there's, here's a, a story that's really, really um, caught on. It's got, you know, 120,000 subscribers and it has um, no mobile games attached to it whatsoever. So if we marry your fresh mechanics with this IP and I've already talked to the, um, to the creator of the IP and they're like jazz. Yeah. Yeah. Of course I want to make a, who doesn't want a mobile game out of their, you know, of their creation that they just kind of built from scratch. Right. So they really want to, they really want to do that. So we can make the, we can kind of build those bridges. And like I mentioned before, we've done two and we're, we're working on more. So for any game devs who are actually out there listening to a game podcast, there's a, there's kind of a reason why I'm here. And one of them is saying, you guys are looking for IP, fresh IP, and uh, with a built-in fan base, uh, you know, contact me through Tapas and we can talk about that. All right, guys, let's take a break and hear from our sponsors. Man, Brandon, 
I got to admit, our secret project is actually coming along pretty well in its early stages. And I know that you're not responsible for it by yourself. How are you getting this art done so quickly, bro? Thanks for Quixel, a papa bear, Teddy, provided this great service that allows me to download and use photogrammetry assets and textures, grade A, triple A quality at a click of a button. This is a must have if you're an indie developer, a professional developer at a triple A studio. If you need high quality textures and assets, you need to use Megascans. Mm. I'm not only saying that because I am, well, we are sponsored by Megascans, but because I'm a AAA professional and on the side, I do a lot of side projects, I can't see my life without it. It really is a first step to having polished quality work. So don't cheat yourself by not trying this out. And again, you know, I represent the beginners. It actually wasn't that hard for me to get into it, to grab assets and put them in my own real projects. So this is from a designer. If I was able to do it, I promise you, don't worry about there being like a high bar of entry. It's actually pretty easy to get into and have assets in your project in less than an hour. So, yeah. So if you guys want to grab assets, (laughs) go to megascans.se, enter our code GDU for the first three months, 30% off. Uh, This is a great deal. And an opportunity for you guys to see what's up. They also have free assets over there too. If you want to see what it's about before dropping any money, but uh, definitely go to megascans.se, enter our code GDU to get that discount and start working in your project and at your studio right now with high quality stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of opportunity there because I'm I'm scrolling through some of these comics. I'm I'm now gonna be checking out one HP club because it looks pretty dope. Yeah. Um obviously I saw Sarah's stuff, so now instead of waiting for one of my friends to repost it, I can just get it all straight there. This isn't commercial. Let let me just go ahead and say that it's not a commercial. I actually am looking at the site um as I'm doing all this. But I do like that you guys are saying, hey, game developers, if you're looking for story, if you're looking for opportunity, we've got a ton of creators who just do visual and story who would love to marry it with a game idea. Because I'm full of game ideas, but I'm a terrible artist. <laughs> so Right, yeah. So um, and you know, that's kind of the, one of the things that are really unique. That's really unique about Tapas in particular. Like I mentioned before earlier that there's, there's other platforms out there who are trying to do digital uh, story, digital comics, but really Tapas um, is a leader in trying to do, that's kind of the whole head of innovation thing. That's kind of what I do there is try to figure out ways to make content more accessible to you know, game developers or how I work with game companies to do like incentivized offers to allow our readers to earn ink in order to tap, uh, in order to tip creators. So uh, we're just really trying to build this really vibrant ecosystem and uh, really involve gaming and gamers a lot as well. Um, I haven't gone far into the platform. All the comics that I've been looking at right now are just, you know, like, jpegs gifs or or excuse me jpegs or pings or i don't know what file format it is i haven't tried to save one yet but static imagery uh is there any opportunity on the platform to do something like uh there's another comic artist i see a lot on facebook uh adam ellis who does like some panels are stills and then some panels have like some very basic you know animation or background kind of 
graphics. Motion graphics. Exactly. Yeah. Thank yeah. you, Brandon. Motion graphics. Uh, does your so, platform allow that kind of stuff as well? So I know that um, I've seen it on our platform where there is a little bit of motion graphics um, allowed. I don't know technically the extent of that. So um, I so I do know a little bit is allowed, but I don't know how much we allow or what formats or anything like that. Yeah. But yeah. It's yeah. just bigger files to download. <laughs> it's basically little so. movies. Yeah. yeah. But it is one of those things where uh, it, it's, it's the same reason why anybody buddy buys a toy. This is kind of going back to the very beginning where uh, you're not attached to the object without the story. And comics is a great storytelling element, especially with how uh, easier it to do with a single person or two at most, right? You just have the artist and, and, and the writer, or in some most cases, probably just the artist writing the story, right? But it, it's a good way to communicate to actually give some uh, care behind the brand, and then you can branch out. And this is kind of maybe leading to the next question. It's like, Starting to you know, Tapas Media does a bunch of media stuff. Um, what, what else do you guys do with the besides the gaming? Do you guys help with the toy manufacturing as well, or how, what's the process of after I have a good IP with a good following? What what have you seen done on your platform that some of your uh, independent creators are are taking their initial steps? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, So we talked about the game thing. We're not doing so much um, physical merch right now, but what we are do, what we are doing is pitching a lot for um, possibly television shows. Uh, We just signed um, a a pitch deal um, with um, for a feature film Mm -hmm. to possibly be. possibly be made. So there's that. We're also um, partnered with um, Hachette on some uh, print publishing deals. So basically right now what we're focused on is uh, if someone comes and creates a story and puts it up on tapas and it starts to bubble towards the top, we will reach out to them and go, Hey, we have a ton of different opportunities. Can we, uh, can we possibly make a game out like a mobile game out of it? Can we, pitch it to either like a TV program or possibly make a movie out of it. Can we, you know, make a physical um, book out of it? So those are pretty much the areas right now that we're focused on. Not so much like toys yet. Mm -hmm. Are you going to jump in Brennan? Well, okay. I was going to say, it seems like a very natural evolution because if you're talking about an independent developer, usually it starts with a small group and comics is not for me is like the logical first step to kind of test out the story out there, build an audience and then slowly branch out to other uh, mediums. Like you were mentioning to kind of make that brand bigger and broaden. And uh, from there, there, I mean, I, I feel all the geekdoms are uh, interested in all these different things. <laughs> like I like toys. I like video games. I love movies. And it's, it's very, uh, when it comes to interactive mediums, like it, it makes a lot of sense that as a artist, I should think beyond my, uh, initial, um, development, right. 
be that games, be that comics, be that toys. I mean, you should really try to hit as much as the market, uh, not at the same time, but like build it up to a point where you have a strong brand. Yeah. Totally. Absolutely. And you know, um, just because we're not doing like toys doesn't necessarily mean that's a bad idea or that they couldn't take that IP to someone else and have them do a toy for it. I mean, that's absolutely a hundred percent correct. Um, but we have, um, IP on our platform now, um, dungeon construction code, for instance, uh, we're doing the game. We did the mobile game, released that, but I also know that they're, um, at least thinking about doing a board game, um, pretty soon. And, um, and I know that they have plans for, um, other merch for that as well. So I definitely agree with you that if you have an IP and it starts to build its own fan base organically. And you, you're like, oh, yeah, there's there's a definite type of person who likes this. And I'm, and more and more of them are finding it every day. You should definitely um, try to get that, you know, book printed and, you know, the toy and the game and all of that, all that stuff. Uh, one thing I'd like to know, the business mind in me is telling me to ask for all the creators out there who are listening still. Uh, what about like profit sharing or revenue opportunities through the platform? Uh, is there like an advertising? Hey, you guys have generated $5,000 in advertising resume this, revenue this year. So here's your cut. Or I guess how do the creators get paid? Or is it even a paid platform for creators or not? Oh, yeah. No, I, if I didn't make that clear before, um, oh, I'm going to make it clear now that, yeah, one of um, one of our huge focuses is trying to get creators paid um, for their creation. So we do that by a bunch of different ways. Um, So we have basically if somebody just shows up on tapas and they create a, um, they create a series and they run advertising, we run advertising at the end of their episodes. Mm -hmm. And so uh, as long as they're over 18, they can um, opt in to our ad rev share program. And that, Rev share program is uh, where they get 70% of the ad revenue that their, uh, that their content gets. Wow. And then this gets uh, 30% of that. And then let's just say that starts to grow really big. What our content team will do is reach out to them and say, Hey, we've noticed that this is, you know, getting quite a fan base here. Would you maybe consider moving to our premium program? And so the premium program works, um, two ways you can either take the content the story that you have and move it to uh, a premium series and what we would do then is like lock future episodes that people would use um virtual currency to unlock Mm. or or if you don't want to do that to your fans because we do have situations where people go no i want to keep this series free because this is kind of what my fans have grown with me you know Mm. throughout the years i don't want to just like lock that off. But what I will do is start a new series. Um, and then fans of my previous work can come and help support me on this new series. And that is through our premium program. And the premium program is like I said, where basically we give like, I don't know, seven to 10 free episodes of the first. And then like the 11th on, you would have to pay like 10, 15 cents uh, worth of our currency to unlock the next episode. And then the revenue and then the revenue share from that is split 50-50. Generally speaking, it's split 50-50. So not only are we really trying hard to get yeah. money into the pockets of creators, I would put our revenue splits 
up against anybody in the publishing industry anywhere. That's very favorable. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the kind of platform we're trying to build. That's kind of the place that we want to be. So again, like I mentioned before, the first in mind in terms of like indie creators, like where do I want to go to, to put my content? Who's got my back? Who wants to, you know, Mm-hmm. Well, who has all of the the best opportunities for me? Um, we want Tapas to be the top of mind when that when that thought comes up. Well, the reason for my uh, little outburst a couple of seconds ago was because you know if someone told me like, "Hey, Larry, the next comic is fifteen cents," I'm like, "What is fifteen cents?" Uh, and that's not a show. I like that literally is pennies. You know, uh, one of my. YouTubers that I followed got in trouble, I think a week ago for being like pennies, man, when he was talking about five bucks, but 15 cents is still considered pennies. So yeah. And you know what? I mean, be exact. Yeah. And the only reason why I even use that amount is because that's typically kind of what we're shooting for, but the creator actually sets those prices. So for instance, um, we've had situations where um, we've had really popular creators who do not want to charge more than like five cents an episode. And we're like, okay, that's fine. Um, You're, you're leaving a lot of money on the table here, but they want, but that's the threshold for them. Or some of them want, you know, you know what? I want more than that because I work really hard on this and you know, this actually does help me pay my bills. So I want like, you know, 50, 60 cents um, per episode. And it's really uh, we work with those creators to kind of set that price, but really they drive that for the most part at the end of the day. We also publish other professional content, like we license content from um, from Korea and from China. So in those instances, um, some of those are kind of preset in terms of what those publishers want you know, from us. But for the most part, we try to be really, really flexible with the creators. And so just so I know, uh, and this will probably be my last little comic book question for a while, that 15 cents per episode, I guess, an episode, is that one or two graphics or is that like what I would consider like a traditional comic book of like 10, 12 pages or more? I guess, how much content are we talking or is that up to the creator as well? It really is up to the creators. Yeah, exactly. And so sometimes you'll hear people say, wow, this is like an amazing amount for, you know, this much. It really just depends on the the cadence of of the creator and and yeah it's completely up to them man hey i like it um cool looking at the time though there is a a manga that actually i've been reading it's pretty cool i know brandon's a big fan of it Uh, he's been reading it for almost three years now it's this really interesting story where you know a random person on a podcast gets asked five rapid fire questions. It's called the fast five. You ever heard of this comic? I have not. All right. Let me explain it to you. It's really cool. It's like a meta comic. I'm going to ask you five questions as fast as I can. And I'm hoping for you to give me the answers as fast as you can. It's called the fast five. We're going to track your time against other guests and we'll Uh, see how you do. I'm good. All right. Question number one, what is your favorite mobile game of all time? Uh, Clash Royale. Oh, cool. Question number two. What's the last book that you recommended to a friend? Um, ah, I'm dying on that one. Uh, let's see. Uh, probably, probably Dyson. Probably 
Dyson, the biography of James Dyson. And okay. that was probably, recommended. yeah. All right. That's a good one. Question number three. Should superheroes wear capes? No. Question number four. If Cliffy B came to you and said, uh, I'm looking for a new franchise to run and you could give him any franchise game or book in the world to create a game for which game franchise would you put him basically in charge of to make the next game for? Ooh, um, does it, it has to be a game franchise already? Game, it's he's going to create a game, but it could be based on an existing game franchise or like any sort of you know fictional universe that has been created. So you could say uh, the Smurfs if you wanted to, but like, where do you think you could put his brilliance in game design and you know level design? Where would you put him? What franchise would you give him? Oh, um, you know, I'm I'm so, this is gonna be a horrible answer. I hope. I hope not, but, um, so we have a, we have a comic on tapas called the gamer cat. And, um, that's just in my mind, something that I think is dying for a game. So I would love to see him take that and see what he could do with that. All right. What's the name of that comic one more time? Called the gamer cat, the gamer cat. I'm going to look that up after this question. Number five, what was your favorite toy that you actually never got to own as a kid? Oh, as a kid. Okay. So I didn't, I was never able to own as a kid, the millennium Falcon, but I bought it and they redid it again as an adult. Amen. That's, that's the way to Got do it, it, man. Is it that's, that $800 set? It wasn't the $800 one. It was, just, it was the, when they did it again, when mm. they did all the, like the Kenner toys again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a great period in my life right there. <laughs> Amen. That's good. That was, was uh, okay. So you're not top ten, but uh, respectable. <laughs> respectable. It's number two messed up, and then me explaining number four kind of put you out of the top ten. So I'm sorry you won't be able to make it back to the next round. But thank you so much for playing the fast five. No problem. No problem. Yeah, the book one got me. So uh, I have a question. Um, so on top of media, obviously, you've seen a lot of successes from uh, indie creators and uh, certain comics will crop to the top. Is there any commonality that you see either through the fiction that they created or how the creators actually interacted with their audience that, that just made them uh, a little bit more successful than others? Any Any commonalities, any patterns that you see that you can give a the bit one- of wisdom to our listeners? Sure. Yeah. The one thing I can say is that um, the creators that interact with their fans, um, like for instance, on Tapas, that you, after an episode is posted, fans can leave, you know, little comments, you know, that was great or that was exciting or wow, that happened. I can't believe it. And the creators that jump back in there and kind of answer that and kind of, you know, interact with their fans, those are definitely, um, that's definitely a theme across in terms of helping those brands and those IP grow. Um, Yeah. That interaction, that fan interaction is probably one of, you know, many of the great things that are a part of the Tapas platform. But yeah, I would say that that's the one in particular that I could point to. Do you have any examples of the fans demanding that the creator change or move the story in a different (laughs) way? Like this is bullshit. Why would you kill him off in episode three? You know, correct uh, contact does that happen at all? Yes, it does. Um, but the at least the comics that I follow, mm-hmm. uh, the fans are just are that they're fans, so there might be some kind of like weird wrench thrown in the plot, but the fans are very forgiving and just kind of like roll with the punches. I personally haven't seen a situation where the fans 
get super salty about like a plot twist or something like that. Usually they're uh, very open and very welcoming to stuff like that. But I'm sure it happens. I just, I just personally haven't seen it that much. I could see it as like the ultimate platform for like fact check. Cause these are, you know, independent creators doing the art, the story and, you know, whatever sort of marketing that they're doing on the side as well. I imagine, let's say you're 40, 50 episodes in someone is like, well, in issue three, you said that this guy was killed by such and such. And then I think maybe that is something that happens on there. Is there any sort of like creator drama where they're like, Oh shit, he's right. I need to, or am I, am I reaching? Am I really reaching? No, I mean, look, there's like 45,000 comics on Tapas right now. So I'm oh, sure. That's but, the ones that, but the ones that I'm following, I don't see that that much. Okay. okay. But I can go find some for you if you want. And- oh, no, no. I was, I was just looking for little interesting stories that I could see existing on a platform like this because of the like direct line of communication and also knowing that it's like a... Now, I don't want to say average Joe, like a lot of these people, I would imagine are career artists at this point, especially if they're big. But, you know, there's probably also people like, hey, I was really good at drawing. I'm passionate about this and I'm sharing my story. Somebody gets really involved and they're like, hey, you know, I'm noticing like a plot hole or a a, a discrepancy, I'll just say. But, you know, not you know, to put anybody thing, down. Right. Well, one thing I will say is that um, I have seen instances where. We will uh, we're, let's talk about the premium program again, mm-hmm. where you know uh, a creator will start down a path and then start a story, and then like seven to ten uh, episodes, and you know uh, we'll start to charge for that story. Mm-hmm. And um, again, it's not you know it's not like hundred dollars or even twenty dollars. We're talking like you know twenty five, you know thirty cents. I have seen fans get a little salty about that, and then I've also mm-hmm. seen the, the creator jump in and go, you guys know that like, this is what I do. <laughs> you know, this is, this is what I do for a living. This helps me pay my bills, you know? So I have seen some back and forth um, uh, with regard to that. And, and a lot of fans as well come to the, to the defense of the IP creator saying, you know, I, in fact, most times when that ever comes up, you get a lot of fans coming to the defense going, you know, you know, how can you say that? You know, they work so hard and this yeah. is such a great, this is a great story. So um, I would say that definitely the fans have the creators' backs. Um, it's here. Mm-hmm. I'd like say there's definitely parity there with like that and fans in the game industry that I would hope for more of is, you know, <clears throat> I love it if a fan is like, hey, I like what you guys are doing. I support you guys. Here is my money. You know, what breaks my heart is when people are demanding that this individual is putting their blood, sweat, and tears into something, continue to do it for no money. And it's it- like, Go to work tomorrow and tell your boss you don't need the paycheck this week. You know what I mean? It, it doesn't happen. Yeah. yeah. No, there's sometimes a disconnect for that for sure. I think it's probably even more pronounced in the game industry because they maybe don't have as as close of contact to developers. I mean, I know certain indie developers are definitely in touch with their fan base, and and I totally get that. But I think in general, when you think of game development, you're not necessarily thinking about an individual's um, you know, yeah. labor to create this thing. So it's easier to kind of just discount it as something that you deserve. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. But in this case, it's that much more about like, Hey, I'm an individual person. I'm creating this story. And so I think it is a little bit easier to um, come to their defense and, yeah. and kind of see that connection between the, between the, the labor and the results. 
Yeah, I mean, it is definitely one of those things. I think across all mediums right now, since the internet age is so open and free, uh, it, it's a uh, it's kind of confusing the market. I, I would say where they they don't know what the difference in quality is, right? And they just expect everything to be at a a free state, <laughs> and I mean, we have to rely on advertising to to make it happen. Yeah, but, one thing we can touch on, and we probably won't um, have time this time, is um, is pirating. Pirating is absolutely rampant oh. in terms of like digital content. I mean, games, you know, digital comics, you know, you name it. But um, yeah, that's 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 a really big thing. So people's expectation of like going to pirating sites and stuff like that is something that we deal with all the time trying to like get those knocked down because it really does hurt the individual creators. Right. Yeah, when, yeah. Someone who writes a novel, uh, you know, a web novel and it's popular and then they, people post it somewhere else. It's like, this is not like JK Rowling. We're talking, you know, this is like someone who is on the cusp of creating something um, that, that needs um, support, you know, and, yeah. and they need support to make it even better better than um than what the fans have just found it you know it's just kind of like a seed that's just starting you know and pirate mm-hmm. really really hurts the effort to see that grow it's a shame man i feel so bad because <laughs> it's one of those things like we we kind of know that it's inevitable like in this day and age you make a game you make a book you make a movie you do artwork someone's gonna rip it off somehow some way and like shared and there's always like oh well more people are seeing it you should be happy but like no because my bills still cost the same but less people are paying (laughs) you know yeah i mean what we try to do um is we try to use a lot of the same mechanics that free-to-play games use to help that so for instance if you go onto tapas the app we have rewarded video sections so you could go and watch like some ads and get paid in um yeah exactly so you can we have deals with some mobile game companies where if you go try a game we'll give you like you know three to five dollars worth of ink and then you can go and tip creators you can unlock premium content with that you can do so we we try to also help um you know maybe college students or whoever who don't have a lot of um disposable income you're not necessarily forced to going the the um the pirating is supporting that you know we try our, our very best to figure out ways to to make that um to give you access legitimately yeah. as well i think that's pretty cool that's that's decent of you guys so this kind of kind of we can conclude with this question um what are your views in future trends in the interactive entertainment market right now so uh, as you might guess, I'm a big on indies, right? So I think indies are um, only going to get bigger. I think they're only going to get better. I think that um, my personal opinion is that AAA, I'm not going to say their days are numbered by any means whatsoever, but um, just personally, I um, I play a lot more indies than, and that's kind of what I search for like on Steam and um and I play a lot less AAA games than I used to. So um, I think the days of the indies are are here. I think they're growing. And I think that it makes that much more accessible 
to to everyone, to all creators, right? So uh, I'm really excited about that. That's one big trend that I see is kind of like an opening up of of intellectual property and a lot of different pathways for people to take a cool intellectual property idea, characters that they created and different avenues, not necessarily tapas, but you know, we want people to think about tapas, but um, you know, the extent that we have the power to drive something like that, that's what we're trying to do. Take your content that you created as a kid or whatever in high school you know, bring it into tapas, grow a fan base, and then see what else we can do with that. I think that's only just beginning. All right. Well, you heard it here first, folks. That's right. Um, I am looking at the clock, though, and it says we've been podcasting for just about an hour. All right. So at this time, Brandon and I usually go ahead and go to the kitchen, refill our coffee mugs, uh, the brand new coffee mugs, by the way, you know, 20, 20 ounces of coffee in those bad boys. But uh, we're going to let you take over the soundboard and talk directly to our audience to shout out, promote, raise awareness or broadcast something you're involved in, something you're excited about, or even maybe something you're thankful for in your career. Uh, there's no limit to what you can say. So without further ado, the floor is yours. Great. Well, um, thanks everyone who's listening. And I mean, obviously I'm a little biased, but please go check out uh, Tapas, uh, www.tapas.io. And we have a really great free um, mobile reading app. Uh, If I didn't make it clear, uh, 99 plus percent of the content on Tapas is completely free. So I know we talked a little bit about monetization, but that really only affects less than 1% of the content. So if you, if you like comics at all uh, and you have a cell phone, you have a smartphone, um, grab our app and check it out. I'm almost 100% guaranteed that you'll find something um, that you'll like. And in addition to that, please uh, go check out Dungeon Construction Co. You can um, check that out on the site. You can check the comic out. That's free. We also have the game app if you want to see... Um, a really cool instance of a creator. It was actually, it was a team, a team creating an IP, the IP becoming a pretty popular comic on Tapas, and then that going to an actual mobile game you can get on um, iOS and Android. And then last thing I'm going to say is we have Demon House Dating coming up, um, completely different game than Dungeon Construction Co. But um, yeah, check that out. Joanne Kwan, awesome. Her series Demon House has been going on a little bit over three years now, I think. So you can definitely check that one out on Tapas as well. And it is also 100% free. So that's my pitch. That's my thing. All right. Well, I've got some comics to read tonight. I'm Larry Charles. And I'm saying good night. Thank you guys for listening. See you guys next week. See ya. So thanks for listening to our podcast. I hope that you're a subscriber, but if you aren't, please feel free to follow us on any of the major podcast platforms, especially iTunes or Spotify. You can find show notes and more resources available to help you become a successful game developer. Just go on over to our website, www.gamedevunchained.com. If you're interested in keeping the conversation going, then definitely come check us out in Discord where we chat in real time for After Show Tuesdays to discuss episodes and Feedback Fridays where we share screenshots on the projects that we're currently working on. If you go over to Patreon.com, you can support our podcast financially. And if you do so, you get access to Life Unchained, our on-the-pulse, unfiltered game dev gossip content that we make exclusively for our Patreon supporters. And as usual, you can keep in touch and follow our happenings on Facebook and Twitter. That's Game Dev Unchained, the podcast.